the Talent Experience Podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work. Empowering you to better understand and deliver a best-in-class, future-proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Talent Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Rhonda Taylor. Today, we're looking into the crystal ball. Hey, this is so exciting, looking into the future of HR with my guest, Andy Spence. Andy, who uh, is from the UK, is a workforce futurist who works hands-on with boards, CEOs, and CHROs around the world. Um, I love this. He did his master's back in, back in 1996 on and on AI and that was his focus and my goodness um, was AI even around we got to talk about that Andy um, <clears throat> he he now is focusing more on blockchain and and he was talking about blockchain before it ever became a buzzword today we're speaking about the impact of black, blockchain in the HR community a topic that is evolving globally. Andy, welcome to the Talent Experience Podcast. Did I miss anything? No, Rhonda, it's great to be here. And thank you very much for asking me. Um, well, that, that's a flash from the past. Um, yes, there, there, wasn't, there weren't many courses on AI uh, back in the 90s. And I was learning these programming languages. And then I ended up, my first job was programming electricity board computer programs, you know, for, that were 20 and 30 years old. So uh, I, I was brought back into the, into the real world rather quickly uh, back then. But it was interesting. Yes. Well, nobody, nobody knew what AI was back then. And like, you're right, you would have been right back sitting in a desk doing cobalt and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was doing cobalt for a year. And never again, it, it stopped my computer <laughs> programming career. I said, I'm not a coder. No way. Uh, Andy, there, there's so much hype around Bitcoin. How can we in HR relate this hype to the world at work? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. When you think of uh, blockchain, a lot of people, their first reaction is Bitcoin, and they'll have a, a view. Uh, they'll, they'll regret not, in, not buying it eight years ago and buying a Ferrari. <laughs> that's the first reaction. But blockchain is, is a rather uh, boring technology behind Bitcoin. You know, we were talking about the world of distributed databases. Um, and blocks of data and how they approve transactions. So on the face of it, it's, it's rather boring. And, you know, compared to AI, blockchain doesn't talk to you. You know, it's not like a 3D printer where you can build your own house. It's a bit more mundane. But I think of all the emerging technologies, I think blockchain will have a, a profound impact over the next 10, 20 years as we build probably what, what I'd call the next generation of the Internet. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, how long do you think this will t this scenario will take to be to build out? Yeah, and, and you, your question was around HR and work, how it relates to that. Well, when I, I, I first started uh, researching this a few years ago, and I, I blogged openly about it. And it was like, how could we use this technology in HR and work? Well, um, uh, it made me actually think a little bit about all the checking and contracting and searching we have to do in HR. And blockchain can actually help us, help change the whole, the whole infrastructure of work. 
And if, it, if we think of our data, how we apply for jobs in North America with our resumes and CVs, and um, you know, the resume was invented by Leonardo da Vinci in the 15th century when he applied for a job as a military engineer with the Duke of Milan. And we're still using this, this dull document. And so the, the, how does blockchain might help? For example, it might be that we've got a, a, a digital wallet that, that, um, where we can actually store a credential that verifies that we've got a degree certificate. And the verification happens with a network of universities and colleges who we trust, okay? So we get a green tick to say uh, that Andy has a degree in AI, for example. Uh, and that makes the whole checking, verification, and trust in this, uh, for this one credential much more efficient. So you can imagine we could, we could extend that to people's employment record. You know, did you work at Walmart for those two years, for example? We can verify that. We get a green tick. So rather than sending around these um, uh, dubious um, uh, applications, we've got a digital wallet. We can store it. We can manage it. We can choose who we share it with. And it makes the whole uh, matching process much more efficient. So that's where it's bang into the space of traditional HR. That's that is so um, so in line with 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 the way we, we are thinking, you know, um, and especially with your skills that you're developing in the workforce, um, you know, they can be validated either by your supervisor or by a peer or by if it's a certification program that you took, um, it, the way of identifying um, skills and capabilities um, are numerous. And, and that, that too can go into your wallet, I guess. Yeah, it can do. Any, any, anything that can be verifiable or digitized. And of course, you know, we're not talking about these technologies in isolation. Let's throw in um, all this data. We'd have to throw in our AI and artificial intelligence. And when it comes to recruitment, for example, there might be hundreds of possible data points that would help you predict whether an individual is going to work, work out well in a particular team, hundreds of data points in a dynamic system. And so AI is going to come into its own when we can look at, you know, which of those data points help predict whether a hire is going to be successful or not. And of course, that needs a, a different infrastructure of work. It needs us to have good quality data. Um, and it needs us to record subsequent performance of, of individuals and teams, all of which we're a bit away from. But I see, um, I see technology developing along these lines, and it gives more power to the worker and more confidence to the employer that um, this hire and this team are going to work out. And, and this methodology um, allows everything to be more global. When you think of it, now, uh, in the old days, Andy, I can remember recruiting and putting an ad in the paper and hoping to get somebody to take the position. And, you know, I, we suffered from tunnel vision back then. We thought, oh, well, we're recruiting in Toronto. We want somebody in the greater Toronto area applying for this job. And such is the case. This is not the case anymore. Um, no. the, the workforce is, is, is global. And. And uh, it's, it's amazing that we, we do, as you say, we need to collect, collect the data and have it, have it, as you say, in a digital wallet. Yeah, I mean, you're dead right that the workforce is not only global, 
um, but also has 24-7 quality entertainment streamed to them. Um, uh, there's many different ways to learn and earn money, right? You don't just need to earn money from the one job you do and work Monday to Friday. Um, you could earn money from your gaming prowess, from your selling your oil paintings and earning crypto, for example. There's so many examples of how to, how to earn in different ways. So I think that's really fascinating. Um, so the workforce is changing. But Rhonda, you mentioned something that really, uh, really, really sort of uh, stood out for me, and it's the history of technology, right? So um, let's take recruitment. So when, when the internet arrived, we got our paper application forms and we put them onto the internet. So the paper application form had 50 fields and we put all 50 fields onto the internet on a form. It was pretty <laughs> ugly and not very user-friendly. <laughs> then mobile came along and we took our online form with maybe 20 fields and we tried to fix it into some kind of mobile app. And again, it wasn't very convenient for filling in as you're going to work on the bus or train, right? And so we learned that, you know, we, we only wanted three or four clicks to, to keep people's attention. And it's the same when I do talks about blockchain to HR, people are saying, great, Andy, how do we put, how do we put our payroll on the blockchain? But it's the wrong question. I think the way to think of blockchain is it's, it's enabling different people to form teams, to create smart contracts where they can share the equity uh, from the uh, video they've made, from the music they've made, from the, the artwork they've done, all this kind of thing. And so uh, it's enabling people to form teams, to share equity and to, to work together in very different ways. So it's much more complex than just um, taking our old uh, processes from the last hundred years and making them more efficient on blockchain. That's the wrong way to look at it. We need to rethink work. And that's what I'm kind of passionate about. Wow. This sounds so futuristic. Um, what applications can we use today to learn more about blockchain? And where can we learn more about it? Oh, gosh. So I think um, don't get distracted by all the Bitcoin crypto investment hype, right? So I think that's, that's the first thing. Look a little bit deeper, but also don't bother going into all the maths and the cryptography. Uh, again, that's, uh, that, that, that's a bit of a distraction too. When I, when I started looking at it, um, uh, it was Don Tapscott, uh, another Canadian runder, who prompted me to write a paper about blockchain and HR. And what we did is we, we looked at the existing industry, we looked at centralization, who owns the data and the business models around it. Um, and so that's the way to look at it. It's, it's looking at how we use career data. But your question was, how do you actually um, experience uh, this new technology? Well, one way is, you know, our internet browsers. Uh, so, you know, we've got uh, uh, the Google browsers, for example, are fantastic, um, but, but we give something up for a great service we actually give them data about ourselves that is then sold to advertisers, uh, to, to companies like Google who, who, uh, who, who sell that data. Similar model with LinkedIn, right? So somewhere like, uh, there's a browser called Brave, the Brave browser. And so you browse the internet and you choose the level of adverts you're willing to accept in a month, right? And if you actually click on a car advert or something like that, you get tokens, which are called BAT tokens. And these tokens can be exchanged for Bitcoin or US dollars or whatever. So you're getting paid for your attention, um, actually. So that's quite interesting. It turns the existing model around a little bit. Um, other ways you could earn 
uh, crypto. There's a, something called Rabbit Hole, where you can actually do small tasks and give your time and attention in exchange for crypto tokens. And you mentioned HR, right? So they, when I started writing about this, um, it, um, it, there were just uh, ten, maybe 10 startups in this space. But now uh, the industry incumbents, um, all the big players are investing in this blockchain technology. And one way is through the nonprofit Velocity Foundation, um, which is um, um, a lot of the, the um, industry incumbents are involved in this and they're producing um, interoperable digital career wallets. I think they call it the Internet of Careers. And this is almost like a, a system where we'll be able to exchange information as we move between jobs, right? So check out the Velocity Foundation. Look at what the uh, different tech vendors and staffing vendors are doing. Get involved in pilots. Um, and so that's how, you know, it's going to affect our industry. Get involved. Um, it really needs HR people to get involved, right? Because um, HR has a lot of knowledge about people, teams, organizations and these processes and compliance and the law. It's really important. HR gets all over this, Rhonda, because it's going to impact all our lives in the next 10, 10 20 years. And, and speaking, speaking of the future, you know, how do you see people management playing out in the next five, 10, yeah, let's go 15 years? Well, because we, because we, you know, we, to be fair, we have talked about technology over the last 20, 30 years. So uh, looking into the future. So um, with my research with Don, we started to say, you know, if we've got this world where we've got uh, trustworthy digital credentials, it, we're, it's a world with a lot more platforms where we can actually match workers with, with, um, um, with employers or people giving work, right? And in that scenario, uh, uh, doing a project, a task, or a contract becomes a lot more seamless and efficient. So we're going to get more churn, people moving around a lot more. In that scenario, organizations don't need to have three, 400,000 people on their books. They can just pull from a lot of skills when they need them, right? So we're going to get loads of churn, smaller organizations, and people moving around a lot more. And so that's kind of, there are, there are some hypotheses I'd throw out there. Um, and I think that becomes fascinating. And in that scenario, it depends where you're sitting. In some countries, you're saying to yourself, well, people will starve. It will become a race to the bottom if we've got all these people competing with each other on platforms. But what, what needs to happen is an associated response from regulators, policymakers, and governments so that we have, um, we have the um, associated... Uh, minimal levels of welfare and financial security needed for people to be able to move around so flexibly. I think that I think we're going to see these kind of these kind of trends in the future. So there's great benefits for workers in that scenario. I'm I'm, I'm optimistic that people will find um, a way of making a living, becoming economically viable in that situation. And you know, just throwing a fact um, towards the end of our conversation there's there might be three or four billion people in the global workforce uh, two billion of those people are working in rather informal ways right and and so what what this this new world enables uh, it's a digital world um, enables people to to become economically viable you know to to, to get income streams um, from from all these different methods that we've mentioned and that's a very positive thing 
uh, to include a, a greater a more a more diverse uh, workforce in the future. So that's what I'm optimistic about. Yeah, and it's so, and we, we are seeing it evolving as I'm speaking, like I have right now, I think I have like two great nieces out skiing in Whistler. Um, you know, you're just between assignments and, um, and yeah. one of them had a really good job with the bank and she just went to the bank and said, I either leave or I get six months, um, a, a six month leave. And yeah. the bank gave them a six month leave. It's Andy, the older generation never, ever thought of going and asking for that. No. And, and you know what? It, it would be outrageous. When I was when I was 30, not so long ago, I hear you all. Are you all thinking um, <laughs> I, I had a performance review with my boss. Right. And it was an annual performance review. He says, Andy, what do you really want? And I paused for a bit. I looked at him. I said, what I really want is to quit and see the world. I want to go traveling. I want to go to India and Australia. And it, it kind of, we both had a bit of a laugh. He said, let's make it happen. And what I did, I, I, I took a year off. I went traveling and they kept my job open. And it was, it was quite a few years ago. And on my very first day back, I was waiting to go. It was a startup with about a thousand, well, not a scale up with about a thousand people. I, I met our chief executive officer, um, from, from the US for the very first time. And he said, he said something like, uh, where do you work? And I said, well, this is my first day back after a whole year. And he just, he just did, he, he, he didn't know how to respond. He'd never heard of this. And I don't blame him, but you know, it was, um, it was a great year for me, I must say. I was extremely lucky, um, yeah. but, I, uh, but people are doing, uh, are thinking about their lives in this way more and more. It's about lifestyle, money, time, health, and these are the important things. And you're so right about um, the, the gig economy becoming regulated. Um, you know, in the past, and, and I'm talking, you know, 10, 15 years ago, often the gig economy was, uh, was an underground economy. But now with major corporations jumping into gigs and everything, it's become totally regulated. And um, like, that's the future. Yeah, I completely agree. And I don't think we're going to call it uh, the gig economy. It's, it's going to be, it's much more mainstream. It's how people are going to work. You know, um, we're going to be on different, different durations of contracts with different pay. Uh, you know, the technology becomes, it goes in the background. It helps us uh, and helps us uh, enable this. And, and if you are looking to source work, if you're in, HR and traditionally have been hiring permanent hires. If we need to source work, we've got 10 different options to think of now, including hiring teams, outsourcing, automating, um, using temps, permanents. There's a whole variety. And so it's about sourcing work more broadly. And so, so I agree, Rhonda, that we need to be really uh, flexible and, and strategic about how we um, design work going forward, definitely. So hypothetically let me just recap an employee of tomorrow is going to have a a, a, a an employment wallet or a, a, their hr file and if they want a job or if they want an assignment or an opportunity they would just send their link and and that's that's their uh, that's the way that they're going to start uh, seeking employment. Is that 
I, I think people are, people are going to have their, their digital career wallets, like you described, and they will choose who they share that with. So if somebody wants to go and see whether they do have a degree or, or to check their ID or even their personality scores, anything, anything around data, they can choose who, who, can, who can see that verification. And, and what I would say, if you're, if you're starting out on your career and you've got a long, a, long, a long career ahead of you, a long life ahead of you, then it's around collecting these verifiable credentials as you go along to demonstrate to future uh, people who want to employ you and hire you uh, around uh, what you've done, what you've achieved, uh, the skills you've achieved, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, and, and it won't just be around careers. It, I can imagine that it, it'll be around uh, uh, wealth and health and other aspects of our lives will be, will be done in a similar way. Because of course, you know, HR and work tends to lag behind some of the other industries. So we're going to see this in all different walks of life too. And it'll be, it'll be the way we, uh, we operate. We've, we've got to move on from a situation where five big companies own most of our personal data and monetize it. It's not acceptable. Right. Andy, we believe that everyone should enjoy their careers. You obviously are passionate about what you do. Um, how do you stay at such a high level of performance? <laughs> well, that, that is a good question. And um, I'm like anyone else, my performance, uh, my performance tips. I don't have the old boss to give me my annual performance review. I'm my own boss. And so you've got to look after yourself in that respect. I, I wrote an article for my uh, newsletter, Workforce Futurist, about well-being and preventing, the, preventing burnout, right? And I, I, I shared some of my personal things, which are around making sure you, 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 uh, you take time out, making sure that if you've got a day off, that you, that you take the, for me, Twitter, LinkedIn, and email apps off your phone for a day. So you've got to, you have a complete break, um, using flight mode at night, um, this kind of thing. And, you know, for people who work in the gig economy, and a lot of people have moved in uh, recently, it's actually maybe, you know, taking a week off every quarter, you know, and make sure you take your vacation holidays to, to uh, maintain your health. So a lot of it's around um, keeping healthy um, and, uh, and, and, and keeping the energy levels up and the, the curiosity up. You need to take those breaks and create buffers. Uh, in the lockdown, people found that a struggle because the, going to the office, working with teams in, in real life creates uh, buffers at what time you leave and, and, uh, and going for socials at work and things like that. So I think when, you, when you're kind of looking after that yourself, you've got to recreate some of these buffers. Um, and that might be simple things like taking an hour lunch break, making sure you do your yoga, walk the dog, talk to the family, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, Andy, this conversation has been so enlightening and um, it, it really has made me think a lot about the future and, and the employee of the future. Um, I want to thank you for being part of the Talent Experience podcast today. Um, this is Rhonda Taylor saying thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the future. Thank you, Rhonda. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent Experience podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalentXPodcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag Talent Experience Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. The Talent Experience Podcast 
was brought to you by the fabulous Fuelies at Fuel 50.